Did you talk about finances much when you were a child? Today, so many people avoid the topic because it's not something openly discussed. We often like to call this ostrich syndrome because the easiest thing to do is stick your head in the sand. If you're someone who is avoiding their finances, this episode will open your eyes on how to take that next step in your finances. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets, this is CJ Burnett and Tom Seco. We're financial advisors, owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the host of the Smarter Vet Podcast. Our mission is to provide education to veterinarians so they can get clarity, take control, feel confident, and experience contentment. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. We're glad to have you here. We have a lot of other great resources available on our website, such as complimentary financial race CEs, assessments, videos, and articles. If you ever want to find them, they're underneath the learn tab on our website. Make sure to visit flvetadvisors.com. So CJ, I'm actually pretty excited about this episode today. I kind of, I kind of assume you were, this kind of seems something that you like to, you like to talk about. This is one of your, one of your favorite topics. So it's yeah. kind of good that we're, that we're doing this one because I think this one's, this one's been one I think you wanted to do for a while. It right? is. Well, and I think at the same time, it's people who are under the impression that finances are about numbers. And right. What's so interesting. It's more about psychology, which is the craziest part of it all. Right. Yeah. Money doesn't work like math. Right. We've probably said that ad nauseum at this point, money, money does only what you want it to do. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I want to kind of set the record straight. I was searching this the other day. So whoever's listening, uh, really ostriches do not stick their head in the sand. And I'd be curious if anyone does actually find out more information around this. Cause I really, for the longest time, I thought that was something they did. And I just, that's insane. Yeah. I was that's an, like, I, my, my world is upside down right now. Yeah. It, mine was really turned upside down. As they, well, they so. don't. It's cause like, that's, that's like the thing though. Like that's what, I mean, if you ask me like, what do ostriches do? Yeah, I probably would have been like they stick their head in the sand. Like I, I don't even know, I don't even know how they do. They make a noise. Do they? It, well, ex- it's kind of like being like a little kid, and then someone telling you that Santa does not exist. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> Santa does not. Yeah, you're like what? what? Everyone tells me ostriches stick their head in the sand. That's why we call it ostrich syndrome. That's why it's a you know yeah uh, avoidance. But anyway, well, we'll, we'll keep going with it anyway, right? Well, cool. Yeah. So, well, today's like episode because of going on the whole theme of the ostrich syndrome or putting your head in the sand, the, the big conversation we want to have is around avoidance. And there's like the certain behaviors that we develop with everything in our lives where we tend to hold back from doing things and we will tend to just ignore them. That, that, that's because it's painful. Yeah. Well, it's one part of it. I think a lot of the times people are avoiding finances because it, it hurts to look at their student loan balance right? And see that number even growing as they're doing the income-based repayment program. Mm-hmm. It even hurts to think that they're you know behind on retirement planning. Mm. And especially if you're just graduating right now, of course, I've had conversations with people where they're, hey, I, I feel like I'm so behind. I'm in my twenties and I haven't done much for retirement. And uh, then there's other people who are like in the middle of their career or late of their career. And sometimes it just, whatever is happening is happening. And, you know, it's, it's, it's okay though. It's one part of it though, where people tend to ignore or avoid their finances. Well, there's, there's multiple times that I've heard, whether it be Gary V or Simon Sinek or whatever, where they, you know, it's like, you just got to start. Where do you start? It doesn't matter. Just start, hmm. start somewhere. Right. And, and even if it's, and even if it's painful, you just got to start. Right. 
Well, it's, it's interesting just even oh, on that subject right now, because I, I always find it myself too, because I'm, I'm sure people who are listening right now, there are times where it's just like, it can be very easy to get into like those funks, just even in our everyday lives. And I notice that like when I tend to get in my head too much, or I'm sitting around just thinking about things and not doing anything with it, I tend to avoid it and not want to handle any of it. And if you're listening right now and you are, you know, let's say identifying with that, that's just something even you can take from this conversation today and say, okay, what is that next small step that I can do? Yeah. I mean, I, I know I've a couple of times had something physically where I'm kind of avoiding the doctor a little bit. Mm. It, it can make, cause I'm a little scared of what the doctor might find. And, you know, I think as, as I've gotten older, it's like now, whenever something's wrong, I just immediately go to the doctor because it's like, I've had <laughs> things where, you know, they, I didn't do anything about them. They got worse. And then, you know, I, I regretted it. And the only reason is because I tried to avoid it and it doesn't make things better. It actually made things worse. Of course. It's definitely interesting how we can tend to avoid things and it can make them worse. And that's one thing that we want to try to avoid of making things worse in the first place, right? It's kind of well, a, and, yeah. Part of the other thing of that pain brings is that fear. Mm. Right? If there's a fear of being judged. I met with somebody the other day there. It's a couple in their forties and they've you're just now starting to think about these things. And they're like, yeah, we feel behind, you know, we, we you know, we've met with advisors before, but we always felt judged. Mm. And, you know, I, and I asked him, how, how many advisors have you met with? Well, we met with two advisors. I said, well, you know, that's just two people on the planet that probably made you feel judged. But it's something that oftentimes I find comes up in these meetings is like, they, they don't know that that's something that they're afraid of. They don't know that that's actually something that they're fearing, that mm -hmm. fear of being judged until we're at, I'm actually talking to them. And I go, well, do you feel like they judge you? And they're like, yeah, that's totally it. Like I didn't even, I didn't even put those things together that that's one of the reasons why I've, why I've left this so long is mm -hmm. because I knew that in order to get the help that I needed, I had to be transparent with somebody else over the decisions that I made and the financial uh, piece that I look at. And here's, here's a spoiler alert. Even the people that you know that have it all together, okay, if you're listening to this and you know other people, you can think right now, there's probably two or three people in your head that you're going, oh, those people have it all together. I can almost guarantee you, almost, they don't. It, Interesting it, thought. We've, we've seen hundreds of balance sheets over the last 10 years. And I can tell you right now, the people that I believed or that they believed that they had it all together, once we start digging into the details, we find... There's a lot of things that they missed, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 there's uh, you know all it takes is one crack in the roof for mm -hmm. water to get in and for mold to grow, right? Well, and it, the other part of all of it too is let's say the sister of being judged is being embarrassed, right? Especially if growing up, let's say, or even getting into our our adult years where it's not something that's been talked about. It's something that we don't know much about. And it's, you know, when we don't know what to expect or the circumstances we're getting into, it can be an embarrassing conversation. I know at times when I don't feel educated around certain things, um, I can feel pretty embarrassed because I can feel silly. I can feel like, wow, why am I, why, why am I having this conversation right now? But sometimes it's like, you got to throw yourself out there and do it. Well, and like, I, I know that just for people who are listening to this, for most people that I know, especially in the industry, if you're being open and honest with them about things that you're embarrassed about, I can tell you right now, my heart hurts when people are embarrassed about something, not because of what they did, but because of how they're feeling. I don't want anybody to feel embarrassed. We're, we've all been there. We've all made mistakes. So, you know, embarrassment is kind of just part of that, that thing that we have to 
we have to kind of grab with both hands and, and accept and kind of push through, but recognize that the, oftentimes what you think they're thinking is not what they're actually thinking. You like, it's an insecurity that you have, but they're not, they're not sitting there judging you. They're not sitting there beating you up. They don't, they're not going to beat you up. They're, they're feeling for you. Their heart aches for you mm-hmm. because it's, it's a matter of, okay, well, you, you know, you made some bad decisions. It's okay. It's not nothing. Very rarely is something undoable. Maybe, maybe you're afraid of finding out what might, what, what you may find. Like there's sometimes where there's things that we're not aware of and maybe we already are aware of them. And maybe it's a confirmation of saying like, goodness, I shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. There's times I've found out about things where I've had to humble myself and I'm like, wow, if only I had known this sooner, maybe I could have done a little bit different with this. And sometimes finding out those things that we're, we're not wanting to know, or uh, we're concerned with going out there and like, let's just say, letting ourselves just be vulnerable for a second um, can be something that really holds us back from taking those next steps. And, you know, another thing is like bad experiences. I don't know if any of you who are listening right now have had a bad experience. I know I've had plenty of them. What about yourself, CJ? No, no, no bad experiences. I've everything's <laughs> been great on my in my entire life. I've never yeah. had a problem. Gosh, no. I mean, your your financial advisor must have been horrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, yeah, people avoid talking to an advisor for a lot of the things we mentioned, right? They avoid investing money, maybe because they, you know, they have a family member that lost quote. I'm going to put air quotes, lost money in the market, right? Because they, they didn't, maybe they, they made a bad investment. They made a bad decision, right? They weren't really sure what they were doing. Um, it, there, lots of different things that we can avoid just because of bad experiences that we've had or bad experiences that other people have had. I think what's interesting on that thought too, while we're here, because it, what, I, what I find so often is that when bad things do happen or perceived bad things happen, it's because we don't have a lot of clarity on what, what it is, why we're doing it. And we just do something purely because of the fact of like, it's something we thought we should do. And we didn't have any expectations of what the results should have been, or maybe our expectations were too high. And we were just too, let's say, uh, uneducated or uninformed about what we should have known in the end. And uh, this actually just makes me think about one of our very first episodes, we always get to talking about like, what is your vision? And it's like, if you have a vision for what you're looking to accomplish, maybe some of those things would make you not want to avoid them anymore. Well, and along that vision side there, I think a, a lot of people avoid certain financial products mm, because yes. of bad experiences. And, you know, if there's one thing you can, if you're listening to this, when, when I say product, I'm talking about a, a certain type of insurance, a certain type of investment. You know, there's all these things that are out there, annuities, fixed, variable, index. There, like there's so many different instruments out there on where you can put money into you've you've almost got to approach everything from a fact-based position when it comes to products but then also looking at the strategy of those products because i've i've met people that put money in a 401k and it was the best thing they could have done and i've met people that put money in a 401k and it was the worst thing that they could have done mm-hmm. it's kind of like uh it's all relative. You know, is a 401k good or bad right 401k is a product that's a place right. to put money is it good or bad that depends and products should be seen as tools not as strategies. Hmm. A strategy is when you use tools to build something. If you're building a house, a hammer is not going to build a house for you. You have to use the hammer, but you can use the hammer in back. Like I went to a a friend of mine's the other day. He bought a a place and he's rehabbing it. And I I was like, Hey dude, can I come over and just like demo? Can I come over on demo day? And he let me do it. He's like, yeah, come on over. Cause he, he does construction. So he, and he gave me a hammer 
And he just said, all right, I need you to take all the drywall out of this place. And I was like, <laughs> I've never done this. So I just start taking the hammer and like throwing it at the wall. I mean, I'm beating things up. I'm pulling drywall off. And that hammer, right, can be as destructive as it is useful in building the house. Right. So products are tools. They're not strategies. It's, it's kind of like trying to build a house too and not even knowing what the house is going to look like. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And, and people, people buy a product because they, they think the product is the strategy. Right. And then they get mad at the product whenever the product didn't do what it was, was supposed to do because they made their strategy the product. And yeah. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense to a lot of to, to people because I think examples help with understanding exactly what I'm saying. But, you know, th- th- I think you get the gist. Yeah, absolutely. But it's something that's like when we keep looking at the whole point of like avoidance, too, is like the things with the financial stuff, too, is not really considered, you know, it's not a need. Like knowing right. about people, financial things. It's true. It's like sometimes we tend to ignore it because it's like, it's fascinating the amount of conversations we have with people where it's just like, they they keep constantly telling us, I don't need it. I'm good. This or that. However, there's so much more to what people have been exposed to where it's like, wow, you could be making a a poor decision of not doing anything with it. And, you know, every, every day we're making lots of that. We're making lots of decisions. Yeah. How many times do you buy something per day? I mean, that's a, each one of those is a financial decision. Oh man. Sometimes more than often I check my spending sometimes each month and I'm like, sometimes it's like 20 times I have something in a month and sometimes a hundred. And I'm like, what, what in the world just happened this month? (laughs) Amazon. Amazon. Oh yeah. That's what happened. Also another thing is this taboo. It's considered taboo. Finances are considered taboo. Yeah, it's kind of like it's incredible. You can go online and start looking up, searching people's finances, and you might not find anything about how much they have in cash or what they have in debts. It's something that people just let's say they don't openly talk about, and the conversations that are being talked about are very surface level. Well, some people like some people don't even talk about it with their family. Mm, I know. Like it's like you know you you get around for Thanksgiving, someone says something about I don't know a car loan, and then everyone kind of just uh, don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. You know, <laughs> it's like you know, it's, a, it's it, the um you might there's there's some other subjects that I can think of that I, in my mind are are so much more of a topic that I would avoid with my family, and yet you know those families talk about those things all the time, but they avoid finances. Yeah, it could be a cultural thing too. I know that depending on the culture that you're in, it might be something that was never talked about much, or it could be considered rude. So it's like, right. hey, you're talking to me about money. Uh, I find it interesting sometimes having conversations with people and I ask them questions and then they look at me like I'm like I'm some kind of weirdo. And I'm like, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> I talk well, about this I'll, stuff all day long. But I'll, I'll, I'll never forget the time we had a client say, my mom talked to me about the, the birds and the bees, but she never told me about finances. And I was like, that's weird. Like, yeah. that's kind of, uh, it's so funny. It's so, it's so, ta- it's so taboo that, you know, it, that, that mom didn't even feel comfortable going to the financial part. Anyway. What's, what's so crazy is they're, they're very connected in many ways when I think of it. Cause it's like, you know, especially since I just had a daughter and it's a financial commitment, it's like, depending on the decisions and stuff that you have to make, like, wow, it's incredible that sometimes that doesn't get talked about. Yeah. Well, and you know, if it's considered rude, you're not going to really want to bring it up. Mm-hmm you know, income, the amount of assets you put money in a 401k, you know, a lot of people can avoid, avoid those types of questions just because maybe, maybe they are also embarrassed. They are fear of what other people will know about them, fear of being judged. Th- mm-hmm. Those exact same things we've already talked about is the same reason why finances can be taboo. It can be. 
it's so funny because it's like people are scared to ask this if they don't know us and they're scared to ask us even if they've met with us like in a formal like business meeting and it's always the last question that they're going to ask because they're so scared to ask it and they, they they're scared to ask financial advisors how they get paid like how do you how do you make money isn't that crazy just thinking I, about that like why I, are they afraid to ask that i i, I mean Lots of reasons, but like, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're scared to ask, please don't just don't just say, just ask people, ask financial advisor, how did you get paid? How do you make money? What is your business model? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And, and like, I know it's like finances have always been taboo probably for you. And, you know, because of that reason, you're almost scared to ask the financial advisor, the questions that you probably should know, how do you make money? How does it work? Right. And like, we've had clients just flat out ask us like, how much money are you making off of this transaction? And we're like, here you go. I'm not going to be shy about it. I think, especially with being transparent, the veterinarian who, who you, who people go to and, and, and they, they fix their pet, right. They know exactly how much they're paying the vet to the, to the dollar, right. Is it a hundred bucks? Is it $200? Like at the end of that visit, they walk up to the front counter and they have to take out their card and they have to pay a certain amount of money, right? It's, it's a little different with financial advisors because oftentimes the way that they get paid is kind of in the background. You don't mm-hmm. really notice it too much. I think as the consumer, like ask how much you're actually getting paid. How much, how, how do they make money? And Hey, if you feel like you've developed avoidance behavior, then go check out our five part short video course on the five foundational steps to finding financial balance. You'll learn how to get your finances organized, protect your most valuable assets, set up a structured plan to save for the future, but still be able to live today and learn the fundamentals of investing. This is often considered the next step for most veterinarians since it's a simplified way to learn advanced concepts. The link is in the description of the podcast. You'd be surprised by you know, the, the questions you ask people or the advisors that are out there that, you know, I, I, I would love to challenge everyone who is listening right now. Like if you have an advisor relationship, go ask them, how do they get paid? Because it'd be really curious to see what they say, or even people that you're interviewing, ask them how they get paid. I know we've done episodes talking about different advisors and the ways that they get compensated. And it's, it should be something that you, you should be comfortable asking Then, if you're not like what CJ was mentioning, go People know how much you get compensated. And the only time that I would say that I'm really in the fuzziness is I remember bringing Theodore to, to, to the vet one time and they gave me this super big range of like, if we did all these diagnostic tests, that was the only time I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Most of the time you do know right off the bat. So some of the struggle of finances might be because you're just too concerned about asking questions. And this could be something that's really holding you back. Maybe just taking that step to, really spend time asking questions, even if you think they're silly. You know, very few people are, are offended by financial questions that are very, let's say, simple or light in nature. Things like, you know, when did you start saving for retirement? Or how much do you think is too much to spend on a car? Or I want to buy a house. Like how much is too much house for me? It's pretty amazing how people are very open to talking about those things. Right. Well, and so let's wrap up by asking you, have you developed avoidance behavior with your finances? Why? What are you going to do right now to adjust your thinking so that you can feel more comfortable with financial topics? Hmm. And how are you going to proceed? How are, are you going to just start small and maybe say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to call my mom and I'm going to ask her like a, a financial question that I have right now. Yeah. Or I'm going to call a, a colleague. Let's say you're a business owner and you, you know of another business owner and they seem like they have it all together financially. Like maybe you should reach out to them and say, hey, I just want to know more about what you do financially. Like, can, you know, can, can you help me? You know, I, this is a financial advisor speaking. 
right? I have a mentor for my own finances and guess what? They're not even in the finance world. So I have three, I have three main mentors and one of them is not even a financial advisor. The other two are financial advisors. So if a financial advisor has mentors, has people that he goes and asks questions to still, even though he's been doing, doing it for 10, 11 years, then that tells you something right there. Like none of us are ever going to stop learning. You right. always have to learn. You always have to be curious. You always have to continue to, to search and, and data gather and ask questions and, and just don't stop. Always right. grow. Absolutely. If you're liking our episodes, one thing that you can really do to help us out so more people can hear about us and even just to help out the people you know, go to our Facebook page and like Smarter Vet Financial Podcasts, leave us a review. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure to like us and leave us a review. And I'd say even something you can do really simple right now, if you want, if you're like, I don't have time for that. Take a screenshot of this episode and post it on social media and put the hashtag SmarterVet. We'd love for you to be able to share this episode with some of the people that you know, uh, so they can actually get this great information at the same time. All right. Well, so this is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only. Only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. 2023159627 expires August 2025.